Hello, welcome adventurers to The Travel Log, a podcast in which I, Stephen Hoffert, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her, will be diving into the world of Faerun from the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game. We will go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore, as well as suggestions on what type of encounters you can run in an area, or what type of characters you create whose backgrounds are based in an area. This week we're covering Krom Orp, Hill's Edge, and Holthvar. This is all kind of, they're all along one road, kind of uh, in front of where uh, Darkhold is, those Sunset Mountains, but I couldn't find the name of the road. Right. Yeah, but if anyone knows that name, that's what we're covering. <laughs> Lily, what shop you like the most that you've made for a D&D world or session? I don't know, probably Dimok, which you went to recently. Dimok. Um, you remember You remember him? Yeah, yeah, I really liked him. Yeah. He's, uh, for listeners, they've been in kind of a on and off boat chapter of the campaign. And they went to a shop run by, it's a, it's a black market shop run by uh, an outlaw named Demark. And he, uh, he calls himself a rum runner. But what he does is he uh, sets up shop at different islands for different intervals. And he's got, you know, upturned trunks that serve as wardrobes and dressers full of stuff and outlays blankets full of odds and ends random trinkets he's picked up in his life at sea and he sends out um bottles like messages in a bottle in the water and if you find his message and decipher it it'll give you the coordinates on how to find what island he's on today and you can only decipher it if you have someone who knows his uh cipher um and i loved that i thought it was really cool i thought he was very flavorful um, he would uh, tap the top of a case with his little uh, pipe, and the case would open up magically. Yeah, I really liked his his kind of whole concept. I uh, liked his shop, and like he's in the Lanther Isles. We're playing in uh, Faerun in that game, so he's in the, the Lanther Isles Yeah. currently. Yeah, no, I really liked the mark. I really liked that way of like, I don't know, it felt very like, well, like, yeah, being able to tap the cases and have them all open up and stuff and you guys didn't experience this but if someone were to come and he needed to hide it he could snap his fingers and everything would close up on its own and you'd open the trunks and it would illusion you know mundane stuff inside Mm -hmm. but i really liked the idea of sending out messages in a bottle with a cipher Mm -hmm. for where to find his black market shop because it's like that level of like fantasy creativity that i just love but it's also mundane yeah yeah which i thought was really cool i really liked that yeah that's uh... It's a good point. Yeah, I liked I liked that one. He also had a bunch of wacky and weird things. Very weird things. Yeah, I liked the stuff he had. Hill's Edge is a city sometimes called the Forgotten City of Sunset Vale. So I guess that's kind of the area. Many folk on the Sword Coast and in the Inner Sea Land alike simply forget it exists. Many guides and histories omit it or gloss over it as if it were a minor village or a waystop well. Even recent accounts call it a town and refer to it as small but prosperous. Hill's Edge began as a fort built to protect the minehead and smelter and grew into a walled town of smithies and outfitters, serving as a base for hunters and prospectors venturing north and east into the Sunset Mountains and the reaching uplands. It has grown steadily, becoming a waybase for merchant concerns. Its location at the western edge of Yellowsnake Pass has brought it both monster raids and caravan trade in its history, but dominance of the Dantarum only has increased trade. Here, Zents are liked. But the older citizens, many of whom are powerful and experienced adventurers, have made it clear to the Zentarum 
that any misstep will bring Water Davian armies assisted by senior Harpers into the city for an all-out battle. There was a claim made by a short-lived mayor of the city that there's gates in the city that can call this army over in an instant. This brought scores of Zentarum, Cult of Dragons, and Red Wizards of Fae to the town looking if the rumors were true, though none of them were able to find the gates yet. This in part because most of the citizens of this town are seasoned sellswords, adventurers, and monster hunters. The city is one of the best defended in the region uh, in the fact of the citizenry alone. Probably it's just this random city that they're like, everyone forgets exists. Yeah. But everyone that's there is like a level six fighter. Exactly. <laughs> everyone has been just XP farming out in the backlands. They're all buff as hell. <laughs> also, I love the idea of like, I don't know, like these gates, these portals to bring a water Davian army just not existing. And it's just a, it's just a bluff. Yeah. And I think that that would be a, a really fun <laughs> exactly. kind of encounter. Like if you're kind of running in the area, you could have it so that, you know, tensions are kind of high, but no one's making a move because of these gates. And you see the mayor or whoever posturing about it a lot being like, yeah, those in town won't attack. Not worried about them. We can... Like that, call the Watadavian army here, and they know it. Those, they, they're, they're not going to do anything. And then leave, you do some stuff, you come back, and everyone's scared. The Zintarum have made a move, they're getting closer, and you're like, well, whatever, the Watadavian army's going to come in. And you walk behind a door, and the door closes behind, and all of a sudden the mayor goes from, you know, stone wall of assuredness, and just starts breaking down, being like, the gates are a lie! <laughs> <laughs> no one's coming they're calling our bluff they're gonna call the bluff and we're gonna lose and the party is instantly like oh shit, oh, maybe, shit. We shouldn't, maybe, maybe this wasn't such a good idea to leave for a while and have faith in this guy i think too like if you were doing a zentarum based game or like you have some people in the zentarum i think this whole area you'll find like it has a lot of history with the fact of when the Zentarum were like crazy murderers and evil as hell, yeah. where a lot of people don't trust them and don't like them around. So like you were sent out by the Zentarum to like improve public relations, like go help them out, do like quests for the city. So people like start liking Zentarum again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would also be really fun to flip that and you are part of the Zentarum force invading the city. Uh, yeah. but they've sent you they've sent you beforehand to infiltrate the inside of the city mm. and try and uh, disarm the gate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, you learn that through whatever, whether it's through subterfuge, getting in with the mayor or the general or whoever you decide is ruling it, getting in in their good graces and getting them to admit that there's no gate or... Whether it's, you know, your party through stealth and cloak and dagger get to the place where the gate is supposed to be and it's just a sticky note that says, keep bluffing. <laughs> it's just a sticky note that says, lie through your teeth and it will work. Yeah, they actually have Either like way, a really think... ornate door there that just leads to a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just open it and on the other side is just, hopefully you haven't had to come this far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think uh, either one of those, like I think that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The city's name comes not from any hill, but from a long-dead adventurer, the halfling warrior Odobris Downhill. He found rich iron in the red eastern banks of the river reaching here, and took on gnome partners to build and maintain pumps to keep the river waters from flooding his mine, which was dubbed the Edge because it was always on the brink of flooding. The flooded, unstable tunnels of the Edge still lie beneath the city, sloping sharply down and to the southeast. 
Local rumors as to just what inhabits them now vary widely from freshwater morcoth to aquatic lichen, but seem to agree that something sinister dwells in the lightless waters now. Many dwarven dwellings and cellars or burial areas of both netheral and vanished giant kingdoms are known to lie in the reaching uplands and farther north. Hill's Edge has always been a base for those eager to explore them. Talk in the tavern of the edge is always always of the latest finds and forays of old, fey magic found, and monsters fought. That would be a cool place for a water temple. Yeah, yeah. Kind of inspired dungeon like from Zelda. And I think that'd be really fun because I feel like, I don't know, like we're having a pretty um, extended pirate arc in our current campaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like you either a lot of campaigns that i hear about and that i've played in you either like whole cloth commit to the ghosts of salt marsh thing and it's a full-on water aquatic pirate campaign or you don't Mm. and you know boat travel is far and few between and stuff involving water is far and few between and like maybe you need to go on a boat to travel somewhere and you have two random encounters but that ends up kind of being the entirety of the nautical part and while i think that's totally fine and the rules for boat combat, while Ghosts of Saltmarsh does a really good job expanding them, um, and if you were to base an entire campaign around it, you could really get into them, there still leaves some to be desired. But I think this would be a really good way to get your druid, or even your wizard, to make use of all these water spells yeah. that they never get to make use of. Yeah. Walk on water, breathing underwater, it'd be great. Yeah, no, it'd be so cool. And like you'd you'd have these old tunnels that are flooded, so you'd still have the very dungeon layout of like yeah, yeah. going around corners and going through things. And you get to use all these really cool monsters, like the freshwater monsters that you might not use too often. I think you could like really dig some cool stuff out of the monster manuals for this. Yeah, I think it'd be a really fun way to get a nice aquatic feel yeah. for a little arc in a campaign without having to come up with some reason to be on a boat for a while yeah you know it's boatless boatless water park yeah i don't know no i think that's really cool cool little water dungeon you could even like i think what would be kind of cool with that uh, water dungeon if you wanted to play up a different angle whether zentarum invading or mm-hmm. force defending maybe they have been bluffing against the portal mm-hmm about the portal to Waterdeep, but maybe it's not that the portal doesn't exist. Maybe it's that the portal is flooded in this mine. Right, it's just in a different spot. And so, like, they can't actually access the portal, and they can't actually access the army, but they could. Mm -hmm. And so, whether you're the invading uh, Zentarum, who have, you know, snuck into the city to find the portal, or you're defending the city, either way, that's a good reason to have to go in there. You have to go in there and find the portal and, you know, find whatever creature is making this flooding happen and clear out the tunnel to either deactivate the portal or summon the army. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That could be, that could be yeah, that could be pretty I like cool. that. Hill's Edge boasts two temples, the Cry of Joy, dedicated to Lyra, and the Fist of the Future, sacred to Cyric. The temples are led by two women who are key figures in Hill's Edge society, and they constantly battle to have the most lavish attended ceremonies or celebrations. There are also shrines to Tempest and Tamora, the old sharp sword perched within sight of the mare's tower, and the kiss of the lady, located hard by the reaching gate. Notable shops in the old edge include a handful of eyes, lion stalker services, the knight in the moon, Belkin's black blade, and bent bows. A handful of eyes is perhaps the most reliable of monster shops, and Lionstar Services is a discreet small goods handly outlet of Lionstar Warehouses. 
King of the Morn is an armorer and blazoner. Velkins sells superior weapons, and Bent Bows, as its name implies, is an archery shop. Wow, a little shopping episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Fist of the Future. Is what? It's a cool name, but why Siric? Yeah. But why Siric? Yeah, what, is, what does it have to do with Siric? I like that though. It is a good yeah. name. I have the Fist of the Future. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Yeah, we'll talk about Handful of Eyes soon. But very good. Honestly, on the whole, pretty good shop names. Like, Balkan's Black Blade is a cool, cool name. Yeah, yeah. Night, and yeah, it is a cool name. Night of the Night in the Morn. Night in the Morn. Yeah, it's very... Oh, yeah, so funny little bit that I didn't add on the script, but funny little bit about Night in the Morn. Apparently, they have a wide variety from, like, absolute crap to really nice armor, but they will just kind of try to sell you the crap if you don't pay attention i love that and so like they'll yeah they'll sell you a shield that will like break in one hit uh if you're just like a tourist or don't know what you're looking for so like you have to be really careful to make sure you get the actual good stuff that. that's a funny little con little con artist yeah. armor <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love that also they have a thing of like their blazoner so they make like you know a banner or, like heraldry for you yeah which of course makes them kind of with the heralds yeah but they have a they have kind of like a con or a scam that they get around it where they say like if you buy a emblem from them that's not officially like accepted by the heralds they're like oh but this is like to show you we made it so that we can show you and then you can like (laughs) and try to get around with getting like fined by them for it no this is this is just a trial this is a the beta test this is an actual heraldry. This is the beta test heraldry. Yeah, we're just trying it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is for a play. I'm not going to actually use this. <laughs> a handful of eyes is a cavernous converted old warehouse. A labyrinth of creaking pillars, rusting cross braces, sagging floors, and little flights of steps linking levels that don't quite meet. Oh, real quick. Yeah. I don't know if it's connected at all. I feel like it would be. But um, Lion Star Services, mm-hmm. if anyone plays through Lost Minds of Findelver, Halia Thornton, Halia Thorn, Halia Thornton runs the Lion Star Trading Company in mm-hmm. Findelver. And I think it's the Lion Star Coster oh. is what it's called. And she plays a pretty major role in the plot of that beginner adventure, which is a fantastic beginner adventure mm-hmm. so it'd be kind of cool if anyone played through fendalver and then came up here and found another you know franchise of the lion star trading company yeah yeah it's really cool oh, i didn't know that thanks for the insight yeah fendalver all, all i know about it was that adventure zone started as lost minds of found that then they just went off the rails yeah that's right a heavy eyes is a cavernous converted old warehouse a labyrinth of creaking pillars rusting cross braces sagging floors and little flights of steps linking levels that don't quite meet Cages of all sizes are everywhere. This shop is lit by a dozen or so glowing white eyeballs that float around like curious insects, hovering to inspect or accompany shoppers with an unblinking gaze that most folks find eerie. I wonder why. (laughs) The proprietor is a masked, hooded person who seems to be able to see wherever the eyes can, however distant, and who is thought to be a mind flayer by at least one regular supplier of the shop. For all this eccentricity, a handful of eyes is probably the most reliable of monster shops in Hill's Edge. It can quickly supply a particular beast, dead or alive, to a purchaser, and it carries a larger stock than its competitors, some of who deal only in a few species. 
Most buyers are merchants acting for wealthy, decadent thrill-seekers or mages in Kelmchan, the Waterdeep, Sembia, Om, and city-states around the Sea of Fallen Stars. So, like, when you get to cities and stuff, through my reading, I don't mean you in you specifically, I mean the royal you, Yeah. and you're reading lore and stuff, occasionally you come across places that go... In this market, you can also buy exotic creatures like blink dogs and tressims and maybe even a displacer beast. Right. But, like, it's far and few between that that is ever mentioned, at least in my history of looking stuff up. Mm -hmm. And rarely do they give a specific shop name. And so it's really weird to me that this is implying that Hill's Edge has, like, a whole bunch of shops that sell monsters. Right. (laughs) it's, It's the most reliable of monster shops in Hill's Edge. I mean, Okay, most places don't even have one monster shop. This, this <laughs> no, we got this, so many. Yeah, what does this place have? Like <laughs> ten competing people that are going to try and sell you a displacer beast? What? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the most reliable in the world, seeing as I've come across like five. Yeah, that's so funny. So funny. I like. I think it's really cool. It would be a really cool way sweet. if you have someone that wants kind of like a weird familiar. Yeah. Like they want a familiar that is like not the standard, but like, you know, and you've agreed upon it with your player. You can be like, okay, yeah. And then like sell it to them at this place. Or if you've just got any players that are obsessed with collecting little followers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also just really fun to you have a quest here where this like shopkeeper maybe is looking for a particular kind of beast and then so now you that you're the players have to go out and like live capture a monster instead of kill it you know yeah that'd be cool yeah or oh no all the cages have opened mm, yeah the city is overrun with monsters and creatures yeah that would be cool don't kill don't kill them though i need them back <laughs> that could be fun too yeah um if for anyone interested in this you can google it and find pretty quickly a list of exotic animal prices mm. That's cool. Like how much how much a displacer beast or a blink dog would cost? I <laughs> I forget if it's I forget if it's canon or from older modules or not, but I was able to find a pretty decent catalog for a monster shop because the PHB and the DMG and stuff have prices for like, you know, elephants and stuff, but Right. Right. But not not monsters. But uh, you, it's out there. You can find it pretty easily. I was just thinking, if this was a video game, like if you were playing very video game ish or like fetch questy D and D, there's definitely going to be a quest where the shopkeeper's like, "I've lost one of my eyes. Can you go find it? <laughs> I kind of see this in its vicinity, and then you have to like go and find that. it." Yeah. Oh, it's been kicked. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's in the mouth of a cat. Quickly. <laughs> The Tarnished Trumpet Tavern faces the Mayor's Tower across the open cobbles and is the largest and best drinking spot in Hill's Edge. On most evenings, even the bitterest winter weather, it's crowded with jovial adventurers swapping stories of their bravery, close escapes, and latest finds in the Netherese ruins north and east of the city. Many of the prospectors who work out of Hill's Edge view the trumpet as their home, even though they sleep somewhere else. The staff encouraged them to think so, keeping messages for prospectors out in the mountains and providing comfy old armchairs and fireplaces to warm wet feet and dry wet stockings and hose at around the side of the bar. This tavern is the place to hear news of adventurers and their deeds. Join a band or hire adventurers to aid you in deeds of daring and danger or just to reflect on past glories. Stare at the fading maps and tapestries and dream a little. Hot butter rolls and sausage rolls are the only food that the trumpet serves. Its wine cellar has an 
awesome breath. However, the flagons and tankards in use on the premise are of a generous size. A rumor here speaks of a cordial glass formed of one enormous carved diamond the size of a petite elf's fist. It was said that to be able to render any liquid placed in it non-poisonous and pleasant to the palate. A visitor to the bar, a dusky noblewoman, turned it invisible as a prank, and a clumsy-fingered thief knocked it on the taproom floor. No one has ever found the glass, and instances of patrons tripping over nothing, perhaps from excess drink or loosened floorboard, are often blamed on kicking it. So funny, a little invisible glass. That's funny. It'd be a fun little side quest yeah. if you're like the uh, invading Zentarum that have infiltrated the city. A little side quest. Your boss also happens to mention this and is like, if you could find that, that'd be cool too. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Otherwise, like a lot of taverns follow kind of the same basic description, but this does sound like a pretty good tavern if you wanted to run some tales from the Yawning Portal. If you were gonna, if you were gonna do it the way the adventure says to do it. Um, oh yeah then this would be a pretty good place for that it'd be it'd be tales from the tarnished trumpet instead but yeah still pretty good i think it's really cool too of like have you ever played pillars of eternity no they they had a system in it where like you could make your own npc follower if you had like a group because like you had multiple followers and you kind of made a party and say you were like just miss uh, i really for my build i really need a cleric helper i really need like this kind of paladin if you it helped you like kind of optimize the build of your party as well as your you as a player and i think it would be fun kind of like that to instead of having like a dm insert pc follower if you like say you only have three players or something like give them like an array of them give them like a bunch of people to choose and then like meet them here and kind of do like let your party have like their choice of a couple that you made you know yeah that'd be cool yeah back in the uh back in my first campaign that i played you guys don't really do this at all and i mean we don't in the other campaign where i'm a player but um, back in the first campaign that I played in, we hired hirelings constantly. Right. We we went into boss fights with, you know, platoons of mercenaries on our side. I don't know why we were so into that in our first campaign, but we constantly did that. One time we uh, hired a group. This ties back to the Lion Star Custer I was talking about earlier, actually. We hired a platoon of archers mm-hmm. because we didn't have much range in our uh, party yeah. and we were going and fighting a dragon. Mm, and we didn't want to split the loot with right. them. I don't know. We came up with some secret way to get them to die <laughs> so that we wouldn't have to pay the second half of their second half of their whatever right, and also right, right, to right, use right. them as bait for the dragon. And one of them overheard us and escaped. And when we went back to town, the mm. person who owned the mercenary company was very mad at us. Right. Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> you fucked them over. The runner of the Lion Star Coster was very mad at us. Oh, man. But they, this could be a good place for that, hiring some... Uh, hired help oh yeah 100 percent. the happy hip campus in deserves to be much better known it is one of the best in western faerun complete with a attentive le- levered staff who pamper guests personally a hot communal tub with scented water clouded with lavender to preserve the modesty of the bathers and food among the best anywhere it was briefly the home of the proud pegasus of entering band led by a female mage of spirit beauty and quick wits Bellara Starcloak Arun, a merchant's daughter from Om. The Pegasus went from success to success, finding a string of fallen mages' towers and Nethri's ruins. Some say Tanari aided their searches. Others that the Bellara devised a spell that let her read the brains of Nethri's lich mages, holding them in thrall from afar. 
Whatever the truth, the Pegasus found a lot of treasure. When agents of the Zentarum stole from them, Bellara mounted a return raid on Darkhold. Gathered Zentarum mages destroyed the band with mighty spells. Through a contingency, the spirit of Bellara fled into a life-sized gem statue supposedly hidden in the Hippocampus. Some say that statue was formed in Bellara's image, and others contend that it was a rearing pegasi. Since no one has ever found a statue of either kind here, adventurers who stay in the inn still hope to find the statue, resurrect Bellara, and claim their reward, a portion of the treasure that the Zents didn't get. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if you were running Darkhold as an yeah. antagonistic force, and you got to the point where your party was like encroaching on Darkhold, and this was one of the last stops before getting to the Zentarum, the dungeon of the Zentarum, because um, I think it'd be really fun if you ran Darkhold like a dungeon. Yeah, yeah. This statue, uh, the spirit of Bellara holds some kind of trick to getting into Darkhold, mm. and you could make it so that, you know, it's not necessary. They don't need it. They could go in through, maybe they already know of three entrances, but she, her spirit, knows like a secret entrance that would make mm. the infiltration of Darkhold considerably easier and it can be like a little optional side quest of finding this this statue it doesn't even have to be just search the inn you know maybe someone at the inn has more encompassing thing you have to do or maybe it's hidden inside a little demi plane in the in the inn yeah i think it would also be really cool as if you're doing the zentarum one where you're trying to take out hill's edge or take over hill's edge it's like a boss that you'll have to fight if you don't deal with it first like if you don't go and find her statue and like destroy it or take it out then she'll come back to life and it will be like the boss you'll have to fight as you're trying to take the city yeah that'd be cool too that's very cool yeah it's so funny the zens were such such dickheads (laughs) (laughs) this small road hamlet of corm orp lies west of the sunset mountains on the dusk road southeast of hill's edge here in the lengthening shadow of Darkhold, halflings and a few humans produce the bulk of the food consumed in the nearby city of Hill's Edge. The traveler won't find much more to Corm Orp than its horse pond, caravan, camping ground with paddocks, woodlot, a few houses, and the hungry halfling inn and tavern. Under the hills of East Corm Orp, however, are hundreds of halfling burrows. In fact, here lies the fastest-growing halfling community north of the land of Lurian. Every shield meet, more halflings gather in Cornwarp, like what they see, and decide to move here. The halflings of Cornwarp are rightfully proud of the food they produce, especially their mushrooms and free-range hogs. Another product of pride is mass-produced red clay pottery, simple, sturdy items widely used throughout Faerun. Dealers can be contacted at the Hungry Halfling. Cormorp, also known as the home village of every single halfling player in all of the Sword Coast. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Which is, it's really funny, because I mean, well, like, if you just Google, like, Faerun halfling place mm-hmm. or whatever, it's the first thing that comes up. Right. Which is why I think that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think Corm Orp is just such a quintessential halfling sounding name. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, you hear that name and you instantly just think, yep, halflings. Halflings. Yep. <laughs> also, though, which I find really weird, though, that when you look up where should my halfling be from, Sword Coast slash Faerun, that is the thing that comes up because, like, I mean, just go south to Am and Am is like 50% halfling or hard buckler it's very weird yeah 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 but uh yes fantastic place for all of your halflings to be from mm-hmm. have their little mushrooms and their pigs it's the shire it's the shire it's a hundred in the shire i i really would love to actually play okay so 
You got an eye patch over one eye. Mm-hmm. You got a scar going down from your temple to your jaw yeah. on one side of your face. Um, greasy black hair pulled back into a haphazard ponytail underneath a dark hood. You've got so many daggers on your person that people think your pockets are extra-dimensional spaces. You're like, mm, I've seen a lot of stuff. I'm a top brass assassin for this entire I've killed more people than you've ever met. Yeah, I'm from the Shire of Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because <laughs> they're right by Darkhold. Like, I just think it would be just yeah. a play like the edgiest motherfucker Zentarum. That like you just you're, you're just from Cornwall. You still yeah. go back when you go back there. You get to meet Mom, and it's just like, how's it going, Mom? Mom's like, oh, my child, come in, have a plate of pie, and have some. Oh, we just got some real good ale, and those pigs. Well. We're going to have fresh pig tomorrow. And it's like, oh, mom, you always know how to make your child feel good and at home. And like the second you get, if you ever go to Cormor, yeah. the second you get there, your character just like reverts to wholesome, wholesome character. What? And it's everyone, the whole party are just looking at each other being like, did you? Did you expect this? Did you know that they yeah. had this in them? I, I expected them to not even have parents. Look at them. They're acting they're they're acting like a little baby boy right now. Yeah, take take the whole like, you know, keep your the edgelord of the rogue, but take out the whole I'm an orphan thing and just put like, nope, loving parents, just really nice. Like extended family, like uncles upon yeah, yeah, yeah. aunts upon, like, yeah, even your grandparents are still alive in Cormorp and everyone's just, excited to see you. You just lived next to the Zentarum. So you just yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just became a Zentarum. Um, also, I always love the... I've actually met people like this. You know, like the, uh, the a tough guy who's like, you know, mean bastard. Right. But then when they're around their parents, they suddenly become like this wholesome child reduced to like, you know, oh, I love you, mom. Yeah. Little fun little jokes. And I love that idea of going up to like, you know, like level eight in a campaign with just this like hard motherfucker. Yeah. And the second you get home, they become a little uh, buttery baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Nestled in a hollow among the green pig roamed hills east of Corm Orb is a large prosperous center of worship to Sheila Perirol, the halfling goddess of nature, growing things and agriculture. The lady house. I could probably say Perirol. Perirol, yeah. Sheila Perirol. The lady house is filled with flowers and climbing vines inside and surrounded by gardens outside, including wild gardens, which are preserved plots of tangled weeds, shrubs, and scrub trees. Travelers should take note that these and roadside woodlots in Cromorp itself are sacred to the goddess and should not be burned, cut into for firewood, or otherwise despoiled. Halfling worshippers bring their best flowers and plants to the temple for use in breeding and in rituals, and the clergy spend their days working with the halfling farmers, keeping watch over the hills for thieves and wandering beasts who might harm crops, chanting the praises of Sheila, the watchful mother. It's a cool place to introduce a non-core pantheon god. I really like the idea of having these kind of clerics that are like hanging out in the fields and like these priests and you could have like high clergy that like, you know, say you're, you're looking to talk to someone from the clergy and stuff and you have to go like no they're they're out in the fields and it kind of feels very like folksy and like actually true to like a nature a nature druid or nature um i like paladin yeah i like the idea of it being like ah we've come we need to speak we need to speak to the high elder watchful lord harvest lightfoot or whatever some grand title of whatever 
And someone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're looking for Watchful Lightfoot. All right, you're going to want to take a bend over there at the sunflowers that are as tall as, well, I guess as tall as you. They're taller than us. And then after that, you're going to take a left, and then you know. And it's like, well, no, I don't know. Well, you know, it's just over there. Don't worry. And then you go, and you find, you know, the grand elder head of the <laughs> clergy, the most sacred sage of this religion. And he's just, like, sitting in a field of, like, pumpkins on a rocking chair, just, like, regular halfling, big floppy hat with a with a with a pipe yeah. you know just sitting there smoking some pipe weed shoes off maybe there's like a sleeping dog next to him and you're just like well, i was expecting a bit more gra- grandeur here and he's like oh you want grandeur do you you want grandeur <laughs> ah you silly adventurers you don't even know what grandeur is snaps his finger and casts like an eighth level spell yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, I would love to play. You city folk, you're always so hung up on your grandeur. grandeur. There's nothing more grand than a good field and a pipe full of weed. <laughs> yeah, a cleric, like a high cleric, with just the simpler things in life. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. Halflings just, they're so quintessentially chill. Oh, yeah. That I feel like they wouldn't have the, you know, time or the want for all these, like, you know, grand gothic cathedrals no. and the the ornate embroideried robe nah it's just some guy in a floppy hat hanging out in a field <laughs> yeah yeah so i would love to play actually like an oath of the agents paladin yeah who is a halfling with like a falks blade you know what that is it's pretty much like a scythe blade that they put onto a sword handle and just have that like a floppy hat little like bit of wheat in your mouth and you're like yeah you're a paladin you have like full armor but you're also like you got folksy wisdom and you like to whittle and just chill yeah you're just chill. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. I think if I played that paladin, I would just uh, flavor away the armor. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd be wearing it, but, uh, you know, you're do- say you're still wearing it, but just say that, like, I don't know, some for flavor-wise, just some mystical connection is actually giving you the AC, and then for your disadvantage on stealth, right. it's your uh, smoke coming from your pipe constantly, and um, <laughs> yeah, the fact that you have like two pots and pans hanging from your backpack at all times. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, th- no, that that is your armor. Is that you just have so much pots, pans, uh, little tin cups, <laughs> like ready to go all the time. You get you get stabbed in the chest, and the the uh, sword comes out. Didn't get higher than your AC. You get stabbed in the chest. Everyone's like, <gasps> the sword comes out, and out of the hole in your shirt starts pouring out a little spout of ale and you're like oh damn it yeah. damn it that was the good dark brew <laughs> yeah, that- saved me life but ah, at what cost at what cost <laughs> man <laughs> the mayor of the town is human but quorum orbs culture is halfling dominated the town has 30 30- it's like you know you know you know the classic trope of you know the priest or whoever gets shot in the chest but their bible saves them right yeah right it's like the bible but it's ale because you're half <laughs> it's flask like <laughs> the town has uh, uh, 30 human militia members who wear chain and sport green felt strips on their right arms and left thighs the town has another 30 or 40 halfling militia members who don't make the mistake of identifying themselves so openly preferring to strike from the shadows there are whispers that certain Quorum Orb inhabitants have cut deals with Zents, receiving promises of protection for information on rival caravans, adventurers, or whatever else passes through the town's zone of control. Bam, see, our halfling, hardened halfling character is canon. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game like, was an informant for the Zents. And yeah, yeah, I think it would be cool too if they like, so you meet just a really nice talkative halfling on your road if you're anti-Zent. 
and you're like, oh yeah, this person's nice, like really seemed like a lovely person. And you find out like they're feeding information to the enemy and you're like, we've been sold out. <laughs> the hungry halfling is a favorite of traders who travel the dusk road. They like its quiet, slightly shabby rooms because they're peaceful and feel like home. The staff sees that the rooms are always fully furnished with writing paper, spare boot thongs in the walking cloak closets, old slippers in various sizes for wear around the inn, a few bottles of fruit liquor, and mint water for late night thirst quenching. Sharpened stones for weapons, spare candles, and wicks, and all other useful clutter found in one's own home. Much of the stuff does get borrowed by the needy, but then that's what it's there for. The heck is a boot thong? Uh, I feel like that's the kind of thing you put where like if you have those like covers like the leather covers of your uh, kind of leather armor, and then you strap it underneath the boot, like right where the, the kind of like raised heel is. So it, like it, it keeps your armor where it should be on your leg. That could be wrong. I mean, if you look up boot thong, you get a bunch of weird... Are you looking up? Someone took a took a boot and... Uh, right, right, right. Turned it into a thong. Right, 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 right. But um, it appears to me that it more or less just means shoelaces, but... Mi- but Okay, okay. That's just a fancy well, way to shoelace. medieval shoelaces. <laughs> right. Medieval leather uh, okay, thong right. for fastening boots. Mm, yeah. But I, I see an image that is similar to, yeah, putting it like under the sole, yeah. you know, like the little gap yeah. between the heel and the whatever, where it's usually raised a bit. See, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. or, yeah. you know, like cowboy boots that go all the way up. Mm-hmm. You tie it around your shin. Oh, uh, okay. So it's essentially just okay. medieval shoelaces. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Before we had shoelaces. The idea of mint water for your late night drink is actually kind of nice. I might start doing that in real life. Get a little minty water. Mint water? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a little minty uh, water. My, partner, my partner's always drinking mint tea. Mm, it mm. smells really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's... I like this, though, of this, like, yeah. <laughs> when Tell your, your party when they're staying there. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you can fill up on your torches or whatever, like, is the basic adventuring gear shoelaces. stuff. It's, like, all in different drawers and stuff. Yeah, you can your shoelaces. I bet you never thought about shoelaces this campaign. <laughs> I bet you never thought. Well, there's some here. Did you roll a one. Your shoelaces, your boot thong got cut. <laughs> That's your nat one. <laughs> Luthvar was a local warrior hero. The town was founded as a bastion against Zentarum's earlier days of wanton evil in the Vale. This does not make Hulthfar a welcoming place to visit. Built of stone and slate to slow fires, it can muster a militia of 70 well-trained and equipped warriors from nearly every family in town. Groups of them, clad in plate mail, can be seen practicing with swords and crossbows every day under the watchful eye of priests. Hulthfar is built like a giant wheel, with its streets as the spokes and the rim a larger open market as its central hub. Oh, the north-south spoke of the wheel is missing. On the north side of the market stands the House of the Guardian, with large buy-sell trade library stables and the militia armory north of it. And on the south side stands a wagon wane shop and sole inn in town, the Watchful Eye. The priests who go always go armed in stride about like sword captains, giving their orders as if the town were at war. Rental space warehouses ring and flank these important buildings, and the rest of the town consists of seven covered wells, a few shops, and homes. The wells are set up as small defenseful keeps, topped by an oranger that can hurl stones at attackers outside the city walls. Every roof and every cellar is planted for growing mushrooms or root crops. To discourage drunkenness, there is no tavern, and visitors to the town who stray from the inn or local market are viewed as little better than spies. 
Most folks in Hothfire work deep in their cellars, delving even deeper in search of gold, which is plentiful in the rocks hereabout, and perhaps netheries or other ruins below. Some 30 winters ago, someone did break through an old dwarven hold, and now provisioners as a safe hold for the townsfolk to retreat to if Hothfire is overrun. I, it's, <laughs> hey, internet, I need a bit of uh, outsourcing here. I need some name that really conveys strength. I need some name that uh, you hear the name and you instantly think, oh, yep, that's a rugged, a rugged person of strength. And it's like, yeah, just make sure you got an H, a U, maybe a G, a TH, and end it with R, and you're good. Uthgar, Gathar, Hluthvar. Yeah. <laughs> you just need an H, a U, a, a True. in there somewhere, maybe a G, end it with an R. <laughs> And you're good. I love how, like, like especially if you're just coming from Corn Warp or, like, the Halfling area, how, like, militant yeah. and, like, unwelcoming this town would be. Like, I think it would be a really interesting town to enter as a party who's used to, like, you know, normal-ass town, especially when you're in this kind of more rural area and just be like, oh, no, it's, like, military the town. Yeah, which is really funny, too, because it's further from Darkhold than... Oh, yeah, we are in the Sunset. Cormorp. We are in the Sunset Vale. Yeah, we're in the Sunset Vale. It's yeah, okay. further from Darkhold than Cormorp. Cormorp's just like, yeah, whatever, we're fine. We're fine. And then Hlithvar's <laughs> just like, never vigilant. I will get you, Zens. You... What's that? What was that? Did someone sneeze? <laughs> the lord of the town, yeah, Morandir may be going mad. Classic. Several times recently he has fainted or spoken or acted strangely. Some say these incidents are the results of the strain of command. Other whispers there are signs of displeasure of Helm or that this dark opinion of most caused by some sort of magical assault from the evil Zentarum wizards. Cool. I would have him be going completely insane and like you enter town and you're immediately arrested because he thinks you're a spy. Yeah. And like he's just like arresting everyone who comes into town. It's like, yeah, they're all zents. They're all zents. That could be a good way to transition into the water temple. Maybe he, he arrests mm. you and sends you to do that for your freedom. Okay, perfect. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And like, yeah, ha have it as like a fun little prison escape without having your party actually having to do anything wrong, you know? <laughs> and, and maybe you could you could have a fun, like the quest, maybe the Lord's Alliance or some trading caravans wants this crazed Lord dealt with because it's uh, disrupting their trade. So like you can do like a city assault or like a disposing uh, a leader, but yeah, do it like insane lords or insane leaders of a city are such like a dime a dozen is <laughs> what a classic trope but i think it'd be pretty fun if you know your party gets here and how militant this place is is just like there's no need for it yeah they're not under direct threat the zentarum doesn't <laughs> care about them they're just like yeah. paranoid and yeah he's going insane due to something doesn't matter what insert yeah. x here but nobody believes him. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just like, he's crazy. Just He's losing his mind. And there's a whole thing of they're about to usurp him. They're about to kick him out of office because he's right. going crazy. Um, and he's not no longer fit to rule. And he keeps being like, oh, they're beneath the ground. They're beneath the ground. They're beneath the ground or something. And everyone thinks he's crazy. And he's maybe doing something that they're, I don't know. But it turns out that he's not crazy. And what he's saying is true. And if they dispose of him mm. as their lord, they're screwed. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's like that could be a fun little quest. Like all the politics, all the yeah. politics are against him, but the party, the party finds out that what he mm-hmm. is saying is true. But the party can't convince anyone because the party are a bunch of foreigners. Yeah, yeah. And so you're you're stuck in this kind of political hard place where it's like no one will believe you, but you know if they're about to do the thing they're about to do, everything will go wrong, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to mend that little crack. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Maybe even depending how weird you want to get with it, maybe mm. like he is sacrificing his sanity to keep some sort of thing at bay. I was thinking that like, cause he's a priest, like maybe he is keeping this aberrant thing beyond, like from coming from beyond the veil. Maybe he's there's, there's demons that are trying to invade from like the dark and he's kept wards up, but like it's taking his mental energy to keep it up. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think that could be quite cool. And so it's like, there's no two ways about it you can't snap him out of his insanity because then everything will go wrong Mm. and you can't allow the actual rest of the nobility in the city to do what they're going to do or everything will go wrong yeah and you're kind of stuck in this place where it's like you can't prove anything Mm. but you can see the writing on the wall that if you don't do something everything will go wrong yeah it'll go terrible yeah that's really cool i like that um the house of the guardian temple to helm resembles a keep it has its own moat and spiked iron fence, which can be electrified by spells in the event of attack, along with ballista and armories inside. The uppermost chamber is a stark chancel, the altar being an upright sword. The unblinking eye of Helm is glowing on its pommel. Over 20 warrior priests dwell here, working ceaselessly by spell and training in arms to strengthen Holfar as a wall against the darkness. The Watchful Eye Inn is a cheerless place that serves stolid food and watered down beer it has shutters and a roof but not much else its one virtue is that it's quiet almost too quiet like a calm before a vicious storm still you can definitely fall asleep easily here if the hard beds don't keep you awake that's cool i really like the imagery of the altar being a sword yeah yeah that's really cool like a big sass sword in the i also yeah. too because it is so militant and they have this like thing of helm and there's all these like warrior priests there would be a cool place if things go down to have like a demon invasion yeah. or something like to have that on your side or oh man another cool thing would be if this would take some grand planning and organizing on the part of the dm but uh it'd be pretty cool if mm. whatever the lord is doing they di- they dispose of him as ruler and all the wards he's been keeping up mentally fall mm-hmm. right and these aberrant creatures whether they're actually aberrations i think that would be cool because aberrations are really big on like right, mind yeah. um messing with and uh you know telepathy and telekinesis and stuff but mm-hmm. demons would work too could be Faerim. we're right near old netherall in the air true the desert. but so they break through right yeah and they have had all this time to plan from the other side They've just been right, sitting yeah. there planning, waiting for the Mad Lord to die. And mm-hmm. the second they do, the second he dies, like the the second he, I mean, maybe he doesn't die, but the second he's removed from command, that sword mm-hmm. shatters. Right. And the altar falls. And the paladins are like, that's not a good sign. What do you think, Gathrig? And Gathrig looks over, eyes paled over and white, draws his sword as the aura of the black guard, the mm. fear aura emanates from him, and instantly the paladins are all corrupt. Yeah. And they all become black guards. Yeah, that's cool. Because they, the the Ferrum, the aberrations, the devils, they were planning mm. this and they were waiting. And the second the wards fell, kind of corrupting aura blasted through the city and um, twisted 
their divine powers against them. Oh, maybe. Okay, here it is. The Lord has been keeping up wards through concentration, so he can't go to sleep because he'll lose concentration if he sleeps. That's why he's slowly going mad. He's just sleep deprived as all hell. And also they've been, because they're like aberrant uh, creatures, they've been infesting people's dreams. So he's been free from the slight corruption because he just hasn't slept. Right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I just really like blackguards. Yeah, blackguards cool. Like Very evil cool. paladins and the stat block for them in Volos is really sweet and easily customizable. And I think it would just be really cool because also you have this weird kind of issue of, well we could redeem them they're not they've been corrupted we can mm-hmm. maybe save them yeah but that's gonna make fighting them a lot more difficult yeah very true because yeah you can non-lethally blow yeah. but like they're gonna wake up you could even tie this all into the zentarum and it was all a plot by the zentarum to corrupt this um house of paladins this order of paladins mm. into black guards that the zentarum could control right yeah that's true yeah yeah they're, they're trying cool. to do it yeah they're just trying to do it in a way that wasn't like obvious to the outside so it's like no they turned on themselves they killed their head priest and that turned him into black guards like it was nothing on our part yeah exactly also one they have plausible deniability but more importantly the head of the zentarum is immortal right so it doesn't matter how long the mad lord can keep it up he will not keep it up as long as this immortal leader of the zentarum is alive so he doesn't like for him it doesn't matter how long it takes Yeah. yeah exactly yeah that's cool Asbraven is a small town that is the market center of farmers of the Southern Vale. They trade with each other and traveling merchants in the central market rather than taking their trade to the cities where someone else will make a profit from their food, not them. Buyers out of Burdusk and Eriabor come to the market each day. It's understood that the market of Asbraven fills the bellies all along the Chonthir. Asbraven lies in a shallow valley where the Dusk Road and the Old Dune Trail meet. A dilapidated temple to a modder faces the market, which is ringed by swap shops, a copper and crate maker, wagonworks, shrine Stalira, a house of joy, Lathander, morning stone house, and Joaquin, formerly the gold coin house, and now an abandoned burnt-out shell where local children's play. A tavern called the Tankard and the Sheaf, and an inn, the Broad the Broad Laid Bear. There's probably a quest in there somewhere about that uh, Joaquin temple. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, formerly cool, now abandoned and burnt out. I feel like there's a quest in there somewhere. I feel like all burnt out shell of a former cathedral has fantastic potential always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's cool. Especially with um, Joaquin's history with um, grass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could uh, you could twist something in there. Maybe that's part of the plot with the black guards. Maybe, uh, you know, the Zentarum have made a deal with Gratz or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Asbraven is famous for the riders in red cloaks, its police and defenders. They are local volunteers led by a few experienced warriors and occasionally bolstered by mages and priests who are sponsored by Eriabor to keep the roads and markets safe. The red cloak patrols in mounted dozens and often have to battle bandits, trolls, bugbears, orcs, and predatory monsters in the foothills of the southern Sunset Mountains east of the town. The post of reinforcement riders was once offered to any able warrior when needed, with archers being particularly sought after, at a pay rate of tens of gold pieces per week, such positions were eagerly sought. It's cool. Yeah, I like this kind of like, yeah, cool, like red cloaked riders and would be a fun little thing of them being like, there's a war band of orcs that are 
coming down hungry from the mountain and we need more swords and they like you give the, the the players like you are the the in are you able-bodied are you able to fight and you can have a fun little i think it'd also be pretty fun if you wanted to be uh mounted combatant yeah if you wanted to be a mounted archer this would be a pretty good backstory oh yeah it used to be because it says they're fabled for their archers right so uh if you wanted to be a mounted archer that seems like it'd be a pretty cool backstory you used to be part of the red cloaks riders and red cloaks also yeah 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 and you have like yeah the iconic red cloak on that's cool that's very good i also think it'd be cool if you wanted to play yeah with like a faction campaign using the tasha's ideas of group patrons you could be a platoon of uh, riders and red cloaks red riders mm-hmm. which could be quite cool because i feel like this would be a good way to get it with still having that like you know because you could go be part of the flaming fists of Baldur's gate or you could be part of the harpers or you could be part of the zents or you could be part of the lord's alliance but i feel like this is a mm-hmm. good way to still have that kind of like hometown feel at the beginning of the campaign like you're not part of because they says they're famous and stuff but as bravin is still you know a little passover town for the most part yeah so it'd be a good way to still make it feel like you're part of this knightly order in your campaign but also still start with humble roots in a small town yeah and also like you could kind of like it'd be like being the mighty nine but you're the writers in red cloaks where like yeah you have a bit more members that maybe are npcs that do their own thing they have another platoon that goes out but like if you do some world saving thing or some really cool activity like it yeah you are now you're the red cloaks now you are the reason why they're famous you know exactly quite cool i also like the idea of um i know it says red cloaks but i'm for some reason imagining them with red scarves and i think that Mm. is a cool red scarves are cool cool image you know a a rider in plate mail wearing shining metal armor with a sword and a bow on his back and um, a red scarf over the armor. Yeah, like, well, yeah, one person has red scarf, like, kind of, like, the flung around. Another person has, like, one of those tube scarfs that, like, kind of covers up under their nose. <laughs> you know, they all kind of take it in a different way. Yeah. Or even just, like, a red hood coming out of, like, plate mail and then, like, a red hood on your head would be pretty cool. True. Asgard's temple, the house of the suffering god, is in danger of closing down. The temple itself is a crumbling ruin, its ties too meager to pay for the repairs. Sinister visions have begun to appear in Asgard's dreams, showing the god on the rack, turning his back on the temple of Asbravin. But as these dreams were always followed closely by visits of some mysterious, smooth-tongued people trying to buy the house, he's not put too much credence in them. That's cool. You could, uh... Yeah, yeah some weird kind of trying to trying to scare this man out of his uh his property yeah i mean it could also be a good quest line here figuring out why ilmater is turning his back on uh, as bravin and uh, asgar yeah yeah exactly what why does the suffering god like maybe they're doing too well maybe they're or like they're, they're like living in like a the zentarum has been like oh that's it the zentarum has been like paying higher prices and like bribing people and like giving them luxuries so that they get the majority of the food and the markets and stuff and they get like you know are starting to kind of buy out everyone and they have this like luxuries and this like selling kind of their their souls or selling their like sense of uh duty to the greater community for uh more money is like why elmater is like unhappy yeah i think that could be an interesting quest the we are dealing with Ilmater in the campaign that I currently DM. Um, they're on um, an archipelago monastery, uh, quite a large right, yeah. place dedicated to Ilmater. It was kind of like, what's the word for it again? Like a pilgrimage site for people to go to where cloistered community of Ilmatari live. And the more I read about Ilmater, the more he's actually really interesting. Mm. And this is a bit of a tangent, but 
Something I find really interesting that I think has a lot of potential for good quest lines and stuff. Well, first, hold on. I need. There's this picture. They're called the Triad. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Ilmater, Helm, and Torm. I think it is. But there's this really funny picture of the Triad walking, and so Ilmater is <laughs> the most wretched-looking god. He's he's so funny-looking. He looks he looks so wretched. <laughs> yeah, he's like hardly alive. But there's this there's this picture from like two E here. Yeah, the day at a tear Torm in Ilmater. That's who it is. So there's this picture where. Yeah. Um, Torm is walking in the front, all noble, and Ilmater and Torm are walking in the back, and Torm is also walking all noble, and Ilmater is like, <laughs> like oh. grabbing onto Torm's arm like a scared little <laughs> child, and like looks like he's gonna fall over. It's a very funny picture. Uh, right. What it actually is, is Ilmater teaching Torm to see without eyes, which is why he's clinging to Torm. He's teaching him how to rely on not just his eyes, but Either way, there's this really cool thing where even it says in the really old lore, even before orcs were considered people, that even orcs and goblins won't attack mm, someone wearing Ilmater's right. colors in a war. Because um, even orcs know that clerics of Ilmater will heal right, the orcs. Right, right, right. Yeah. They're like the Red Cross they, they, kind of thing. They, yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. I think it's really interesting that even as far back as like 2E and stuff where you know, the writers didn't consider evil creatures worthy of anything. Even back then, these orcs could, um, you know, discern not to kill um, priests of Ilmater, which I think is really interesting. And I think maybe there's like angle there. Maybe Asgar has, you know, stopped pitying the Zentarum or something. Being so close to Darkhold, maybe he's uh, yeah. scorning that side. I don't know. I just think. Uh, right. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, this is a good area. Um, I like its its proximity to Darkhold. It does really flavor it from just, like, a eh, farming area, like, uh, nothing to, like, an interesting flavor. And you uh, quest fodder for whoever's running here. Like, the Zentarum, whether they be actually evil, whether they be misunderstood, yeah. you have a lot of fodder here for some interesting quest lines. I also think there's a lot of good characters that could be made from here beyond just random halfling from Cormorp. Off the top of my head, okay, we've got Mounted Archer, that is a uh, former rider in Red Cloak, Red Rider or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think that'd be a fantastic, if you wanted to play that, a super cool character you could play from here. I think we already talked about the, uh, you know, the grizzled halfling murderous Zentarum character yeah. who, when you get home, turns out to be a little buttery, bubbly baby <laughs> while around mom, which would be hilarious. But I also think another cool idea would be play any kind of sleepy town person here, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Sorcerer. We had a sleepy halfling, uh, kind old mom figure, Lila Tea Leaf, in one campaign. Yeah, loved her. Um, play a character like that where you're just like, oh, honey, you just need a cup of tea and a little bit of chocolate and you'll be feeling right as rain in no time. Just come over here and let Lila cures what ails you. You know, whether you're a sorcerer or a Oath of the Watchers paladin to that Sheila god we were just talking about, yeah. but then you just have, like, your surprising quirky trait is that you just have so much empathy for criminals. Mm, yeah. Which no one, ex no one expects because you're just this nice old lady. But the thing is, is you're a nice old lady or a nice old person of any gender it works. You just happen to grow up right next to the, you know, criminal capital of the world or whatever. And so you just have so much experience dealing with cutthroats 
that your tolerance for evil is just way higher than it should be. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you grow up, uh, maybe in the more party scene, and you're like, yeah, drug dealers and sex workers are most of my friends. They're not bad people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's really funny. You just play this most wholesome character ever, but then you know you just have you take the criminal background but not because you're a criminal you're not a criminal you just grew up around (laughs) criminals so you know or or if you're the the zentarum they always come to you with their like when they're having a hard time or they're really stressed out or something and they like confide in you so you know so much criminal information and like things you shouldn't know because you're just everyone's like shoulder to like ear to have yeah (laughs) or if you wanted to play i've been imagining this person as like an older person if you wanted to play you know your kids grew up and you went to a life of adventuring because i don't know your tea shop burnt down or something i don't know whatever has made you start adventuring um and what it is is that your kids are all Zentarum. Right, yeah. And so you just, you're just like, oh, honey, don't worry about it. I know how to find us the information. And it's like, how do you know that? Oh, I can, I can sniff out a black market like a dog sniffing at a cat. Don't worry. I have a lot of experience with this. And the party's just like, what? What? What do you mean you have a lot of experience with this? And it's like, oh, honey, don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, you're a kind old, like, head of the orphanage in Crom Orp. And all, all of your former orphans are now Zentarum. They're all rogues. Yeah. They're all rogues. (laughs) And you're like, why do you know so many rogues? I ran an orphanage. Oh, yeah. Say no more. Say no more. (laughs) You're like, like, I don't, I don't condone it. But that doesn't mean I don't love all my children. Yeah. (laughs) I don't condone this solicit activity. But in this case, philandering with the criminals is gonna give us an upper hand even even like paragost the fucking the the, the dark knight with like the skull like <laughs> knows you and like is like yeah. really kind to you <laughs> i love that uh, it's like the mom to all the criminals yeah a lot of good places for character good characters from this area yeah that's it for a journey today try to capture your monsters alive so they can trade them in for goods next episode we'll cover dark hold thank you lily for joining me yeah Thank you also for the amazing cover art. Yeah. And blend us for the theme music around the fire. You can find them on Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember... Real quick, I feel I feel right here we should also shout out Dragon Plus true. Magazine. Very true. You can get the app Dragon Plus in the App Store on any kind of smartphone. I think you can find it online, too, on the Wizards of the Coast website. And we uh, make an appearance in issue number 40 that was just released. If anyone... Yeah, yeah, we got featured. Yeah, which is uh, exciting and cool if anyone wants to read that. Also, fantastic, I think it's every three months, fantastic little magazine to keep up to date on Mm -hmm. uh, the happenings in the D&D world. Yeah, and um, if you're listening to us because of that article, you found us through it, Welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, please remember to rate and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and have a great long rest. Bye.